brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Okay, and I'm back. So, hope you guys are ready for the newest episode, the newest uh, version, the newest iteration of Underrated Gems. I know I'm excited. Today, we will be breaking down the 1995, what is it? What would you call it? Action movie? Martial arts movie? Video game adaptation? I don't know. Let's go with all the above. Mortal Kombat. Welcome to the newest episode of SDW. Super Dario World! So as I mentioned, we will be speaking today about Mortal Kombat, but before we do, we're going to do a little bit of movie trivia because this is a movie club overall. But before we even get into that, you know, I'm just making a little time letting people join us in case they want to. Uh, David Martinez, thank you for joining me. Uh, a few things that we got to go through before we even start with the movie club. Uh, I did a few things differently this time. Hopefully the st the stream doesn't get taken down. I don't know YouTube's rules. I don't understand them. I think I adapted to the best of my capabilities. I won't be playing as many clips. And if I ever play a clip, I'm going to try to keep it at least under 20 seconds. I know it sucks. I know it makes it harder for you to identify when I'm playing audio. It's the best I can do. All right. I'm trying not to get the stream taken down because it's a major pain in the ass. So I... Uh, before, again, we, we, we get into all this stuff, uh, I have come up with a decision for Underrated Gems. So, uh, you know, guys, I've been dealing with the calendar stuff. Uh, I've been trying to make some decisions, the changes that I want to make here and there. And I finally decided, you know what? I'm moving Underrated Gems to Wednesday because for a couple of weeks already, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to move it from Thursday to Wednesday because I'm going to be out of town. So I, I'm already moving it those two days. And then after August, NFL starts, and I can't go one head-to-head -head against Thursday Night Football. So I'm going to just go ahead, make the call now. And I'm going to move every I'm gonna move underrated gems to Wednesday night. So Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific if you want to join me. Like I said, it's a lot of fun. We get to talk about movies. We get to break down a movie. Sometimes we go deeper than others. This time, I don't think we're even going to go that deep, you know? Because this is a relatively simple simple film. And, I'll, and that's kind of one of the big, uh, the big points about it, but yeah, uh, Mob Nasty, thank you for joining me, much love to you as well, but yeah, the point is, Underrated Gems officially will be moving to Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, so there you go, if you want to join me, that's what, when it'll happen, as always, I'll start off with a little trivia, and then we'll move on to the movie part of it, so since the calendar has changed, let me just quickly reiterate reiterate how it's going to look like from this point on and also again giving you a little time to join so first off today we got mortal kombat the 1995 version the next week next wednesday we will be watching robocop the 1987 one the one that's rated r the one that's actually good this is august 2nd and uh, for those of you uh, who don't know where to watch it i looked it up you can find it on amazon prime for free if you have amazon prime so there you go 
after the week after that, this will be August 9th, we will be watching Wind River. This is a 2017 film. I highly recommend it. It's really good. It's a it stars Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch. I, I say those names because sometimes I forget the actors' names. Eventually they come to me, Elizabeth Olsen and Jeremy Renner. But uh, it's really good. So basically, a murder happens in the middle of an Indian reservation in the middle of nowhere, and uh, they have to investigate it. So it's really cool. Honestly, it's, it's really fun. You can watch it for free on Hoopla. I've never heard of Hoopla, but that's where you can watch it for free. Or you can watch it free with ads on Pluto or on Freebie or, you know, just rent it on Prime. So all these, so I don't, so I don't have to keep mentioning it. I'm pretty sure you can rent all these on Prime. So there you go. Next, after that, we will be watching on August 16th, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1990 version. This one you can watch for free on HBO Max. Well, I mean, it's not free because you have to pay for HBO Max, but if you own HBO Max, you can find it there. That's my point. Next, the week following after that, it'll be Wednesday, August 23rd, The Count of Monte Cristo, the 2022 version with... Uh, uh, I, I was about to say Henry Cavill. Well, Henry Cavill is in it, but it's starting Jim, Jim Caviezel. And uh, this one you can watch for free on Hoopla. Again, I've never heard of Hoopla, but uh, I guess there's two out of the two movies you can watch for free right there. And finally, we'll be closing out with The Outsiders. This is the 1983 movie, uh, August 30th. That's how we're going to close out the month. And you can watch it on HBO Max or Max. Just uh, let me just get this. Gus Becerra, don't get knocked off today. I'm going to try. Like I said, I I did some changes on the clips because sometimes I get in trouble with the clips. So I'm, I'm keeping the clips under 20 seconds. It's harder for you guys to guess, but I'm sorry. It's, you know, it's the price you have to pay. Afterwards, when I play the movie, I'm definitely going to be way more careful with the things that I play. I'm going to try my best to keep it under 20 seconds. It's going to be really hard, but I'll try. Uh, I used to love the oopsie cheat on MK2 to fight smoke. Well, listen, the whoopsie is one of the greatest uh, things ever to be added randomly into a video game. Just, you know, I guess you call it an Easter egg. It's phenomenal. You don't know who that guy is. You rarely understand how it pops up, but it's hysterical and you love it. Every single time you make a whoopsie, it, it, was, it gave me such a sense of satisfaction. And thank you for bringing that up, Gus Becerra. This movie, uh, Mortal Kombat, is based on a video game. However, we will be trying very hard to keep the video game and the movie separate. This is a movie club overall, right? So we're going to try to keep those two things separate. By the way, the story for Mortal Kombat is phenomenal. Is honestly one of the great video game stories of all time. Just most people don't know it. So I highly recommend you play the games or at least read the story. It's really good. So uh, let me see Mob Nasty. Hit the like button. Yes, thank you for reminding me. I'm just going through that real quick. As always, comments, questions, suggestions, you can find me at Super Diary World and at DarioSDW on Instagram. Like this video, share this video, subscribe to the channel. It really helps me out. I really appreciate it. And uh, let me tell you something. Underrated Gems. Turns out it's kind of a success. Turns out people like trivia and people like talking about movies, especially good movies. Or, you know, just a little fun facts here and there about movies. But, uh, well, no, turns out it's going good. So I'm enjoying doing it. You guys are enjoying watching it. So, all right, let's keep it going. Let's keep the, the train rolling here. Uh, what else do I have to say before we go into trivia? All right, so this movie, Mortal... Actually, you know what? Let's move on to trivia, and then I'll come back to the things I have to say about this movie, kind of to set the scene here, and let me see. We're going to begin 
Where, all right, so we're going to start with movie trivia for the week, all right? Uh, let me see. It's been nine I think, okay, I think we're good on time. So, first question for movie trivia, all right? You guys ready? Ready? First question. According to the 1993 live-action Super Mario Brothers movie, oh, by the way, uh, this is, Mario, uh, Mortal Kombat is based on, I remember what I was about to say. Mortal Kombat is based on a video game, so all these questions are based on video game movies. There you go. That's the theme of the trivia for this week, video game movies. So there you go. Going back to the questions. According to the 1993 live-action Super Mario Bros. movie, the one starring John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins, what are Mario and Luigi's last names? All right? Or what's Mario and Luigi's last name? Because, you know, they're brothers. So according... To the 1993 live-action Super Mario Bros. movie, what is Mario and Luigi's last name? All right? Think about it. I don't know if this is canon for Nintendo, but in the movie, very specifically, it's actually a a, a pretty funny line in the movie. So, can you guys remember it? Preachers, 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 preachers. Nope, you're correct. David Martinez, Mario, you are correct. According to the movie, their their last name is Mario. So... Don't take my word for it. I actually have the clip right here. So, enjoy. Name. Mario. Last name. Mario. Okay, what's your name? Luigi. Luigi, Luigi? No, Luigi Mario. Okay, look, how many Marios are there between the two of you? There's three. There's Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. There you go. Mario Mario and Luigi Mario from the movie itself. So, there you go. I, I actually I, I don't know why, but that's probably the line that I remember the most from that movie. It's it's honestly a very horrible adaptation, but the movie had heart, so I like it. I enjoy watching it. Again, it's a mess if you compare it with the video game. It has barely anything to do with it, but it has its charm, right? The movie has its charm, or at least I liked it, and I saw it when I was very young. Next, question number two. David got that one correct. What movie is this audio clip from? All right, so the first audio clip. Now, let me just triple check to make sure I don't fuck up like I did last week. Uh, Let me see. All right, here we go. What movie is this from? The docks can be dangerous. It's not the sort of place you want to visit alone at night. I'm actually pretty good at being alone at night. Nope, that did not land right at all. It's not. It's not what I meant to say. Um, It's okay. I'm just going to... I, I, we should go, so... Yeah, scoop. yeah, we should go. Scoop, I, Good uh, God, have you ever talked to a woman before? All right, I'll play that again for you, in case, you know, it was a little bit difficult. I get it. It's 20 seconds. It's harder this time, but here you go. The docks can be dangerous. It's not the sort of place you want to visit alone at night. I'm actually pretty good at being alone at night. Nope, that did not land right at all. It's not... It's not what I meant to say. Um, it's okay. I'm just going to... I, I, we should go, so... I'm yeah, scoop. yeah, we should go. Scoop, I, yeah. God, have you ever talked to a woman before? Deadpool, Gus Becerra, Deadpool. No, you're incorrect. It's not mm. Deadpool. Um, it's a video... It's video game trivia, right? Remember, video game movies. Video game adaptations. So, no, not Deadpool. I'll give you one last shot. I can play it one more again. Why not? One more again. Here we go. Mm. Oh, wait, that's... Nope, that... <laughs> No, that was the wrong one. Here we go. The docks can be dangerous. It's not the sort of place you want to visit alone at night. 
I'm actually pretty good at being alone at night. Nope, that did not land right at all. It's not. It's not what I meant to say. Um, it's okay. I'm just gonna. I, I, we should go so. Yeah. Scoop. Yeah, we should go. Scoop by you. God, have you ever talked to a woman before? All right. I'll give you 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. That was. Oh, that's a tough one. I told you, these are harder. 20 seconds. Blame YouTube. Get mad at them. This was from Detective Pikachu. So, Gus Becerra, you were close. That was Ryan Reynolds. You were hearing, as you guys may or may not know he voiced uh detective pikachu in that movie so here you go here's the clip for you enjoy ah what happened ah what happened oh no things are already getting messed up <laughs> okay looks like that didn't work let me see if i can find it somewhere else i i had it saved right here why does this always happen why can't you know why can't anything ever just be easy you know why can't we just play a movie and have it go. The docks can be dangerous. It's not the sort of place you want to visit alone at night. I'm actually pretty good at being alone at night. Nope, that did not land right at all. It's not. It's not what I meant to say. Um, it's okay. I'm just gonna. I, I, we should go. So yeah, scoop. Yeah, we should go. Scoop by you. God, have you ever talked to a woman before? There you go, Detective Pikachu. It's actually a fun movie. I I, I enjoyed watching it. It's a. Uh, it's actually um. It's a good enough adaptation, I think. They mess around with the stuff. It actually makes you enjoy the world of Pokemon and uh, imagine how it could be. I have issues with it. You can watch my review of the movie if you want. But the point is, I enjoyed it. It, it was good enough. You know? More than good enough. I'd say it's on. Uh, I'd be on the side of it's actually a, a good movie more than it is a bad movie. So there you go. Next, I got a Sonic the Hedgehog question. So... In the 2020 live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie, what American city does Sonic need to travel to in order to recover his portal rings? All right? So you guys remember in the movie, Sonic, through shenanigans, loses his rings that he uses to teleport to another world. And so he needs to go to that city in order to recover those rings. So once again, in the 2020 live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie, what American city does Sonic need to travel to in order to recover his portal rings? Uh, Gus Becerra, Seattle. Gus Becerra, San Francisco. You got that one right. It is San Francisco. And David Martinez, Hawaii. You are wrong, my friend. So, <clears throat> Gus Becerra, you got one wrong. You just said a bunch of... You were just throwing, you know, like, crap at the wall and see what stuck, didn't you? <laughs> Narnia. Eh, that's good. Never mind. All right. Uh, next, fourth question. We got another audio clip. Another audio clip, so get ready. I think this one is a little bit harder than the other one, but, you know, here it goes. Good luck. Ah, All damn right. it! I fucked up again. Why did I, Why does this keep happening? Hopefully you guys... You know what? If you guys saw it, you guys saw it. So anyway, I'll just play it just in case. Hello, Alex. I suppose you think I'm a greedy, unscrupulous sellout and do just about anything for money. Yes, that's right. Well, the money bit's true, I guess. Is it? Alex, if you cross me, we may not be able to remain friends. <sighs> when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. So again, the clip kind of played already. Hopefully you guys didn't see much. But I'll play the audio again just in case. So, you know, hopefully, you know, because a lot of you are probably just listening and not really watching. So I'll play it again. Here we go. Hello, Alex. I suppose you think I'm a greedy, unscrupulous sellout and do just about anything for money. Yes, that's right. Well, the money bit's true, I guess. Is it, Alex? If you cross me, we may not be able to remain friends. Hmm. Gus Becerra, Assassin's Creed, you are incorrect. Nope, it's not Assassin's Creed. Think about it. Think about it. Who'd you hear? Who did it sound like? That's usually the first, best place to start. Who can you recognize? Whose voice can you recognize? I'll play it one more time. Why not? Tomb Raider, Gus Becerra. There you go. You got it. It is Tomb Raider. Yep, that was uh, Angelina Jolie and Daniel Craig. I didn't remember Daniel Craig was in, was in uh, Tomb Raider, but... Huh, there you go. Oh, let me play the clip for you so you can watch it. Uh. Hello, Alex. I suppose you think I'm a greedy, unscrupulous sellout and do just about anything for money. Yes, that's right. Well, the money bit's true, I guess. Is it, Alex? If you cross me, we may not be able to remain friends. <sighs> there you go. So, there you go. Lara Croft. Fun movie, you know. Not great. I won't even say it's close to good, but it's uh, fun enough. So you got that one right, Gus Becerra. Final question for movie trivia. And it's a Resident Evil question. So Mila Jovovich has starred in six Resident Evil movies. Six total feature films. Which one of these was not one of them? Okay. So basically, which, which one's a fake movie? <laughs> Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Extinction, Resident Evil Afterlife, Resident Evil Deliverance, Resident Evil Retribution, or Resident Evil The Final Chapter. Which one is a fake movie, all right? Which one did Mila Jovovich did not star in? I'll say it one more time. Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Extinction, Resident Evil Afterlife, Resident Evil Deliverance, Resident Evil Retribution, Resident Evil, the final chapter. Uh, David Martinez, Deliverance, you got it. Yep, immediately on the first shot, Gus Becerra Afterlife. You're wrong, that's actually a real movie. So, I actually considered for a second um, using the names of video games to throw people off, but I think, you know, Deliverance was good enough, I think. There you go. I mean, if you know, you know. David Martinez knew. So, I think today's winner would be David, right? I think he got more of them correct. Let me see. 
No, 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 no. So David got Deliverance. No, Gus got Gus got uh, San Francisco and Tomb Raider. And no, David got Mario. So it's a tie. Yeah. So yeah, I saw three of these. I think uh, Gus Becerra. Dude, I, I stopped at like two. <laughs> I, I stopped at the one at the prison. I was like, ah, I'm, I'm good. I don't need more from this franchise. I'm, I'm good enough. Did I see the 3D one? I don't even know which 3D one is. I don't know. The point is, you guys tied. There you go. And we'll, we'll, I guess I'll have to find some kind of tiebreaker for next week. But there you go. That was the trivia part of our movie club. Now we will be moving on to talking about the movie itself. Again, we will be talking about the 1995 film Mortal Kombat, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, by the way. Paul W.S. Anderson famously directed all the Resident Evil movies. So, he made one good movie and a bunch of really bad ones, but he made a lot of money. So, there you go. Uh, Mortal Kombat. Things that you need to have in mind. Let me see. I saw three. Uh, Resident Evil 8 was actually great. Which one's RE8? Is it an animated one? Anyway, doesn't really matter. We're not talking We're not talking Resident Evil right now. So, Mortal Kombat. Things to have in mind when we're watching Mortal Kombat. First off, the beauty of this movie, it's in its simplicity, right? It's actually a very complicated, complex story, but they simplified it enough. They give you bits and pieces a little bit along the way so that you can easily follow the story. Now, it's not a perfect film in any way, shape, or form, but the soundtrack is money, all right? It's got one of the best freaking theme song soundtracks of all time. Mortal Kombat! And they use it in a phenomenal fashion. Building up to at least they, it, it's at the start of the movie. It's in uh, the first fight, but uh, the first fight where our three heroes collaborate, and then it's in the it's a build up to the final showdown, which is phenomenal. It's great use of music. Um, going back to simplicity, this movie is in general good because it's basically a tournament style fight, uh, tur- uh, fighting tournament style film, which are always fun. They're always easy to follow. It's basically you need to do two things. Have really cool fights and really cool intros to the characters. That's pretty much it. I think this movie nails it on both. And so add to the fact that it's not just a tournament. It actually has the fate of the world in the balance and fate of the world in the balance. That's really good. So again, hard to mess. It's a a formula that's hard to mess up. And they manage it to simplify it in a way where they could cut it into one movie. Like this usually this would could be a TV series. In fact, think about it. Most anime. This is an entire season of an anime. The, the tournament part of it. But they managed to bring it down. A very complex story. They simplified it. And so you got a simplified story, which is a fighting tournament, which is always also fun. The fate of our world is in the balance. The music is awesome. The fighting, they do, uh, they do something pretty interesting with the fighting here. I, I mentioned this many times before. Usually when you have actors who can fight, you tend to not use many cuts within the film. Right, you can tell when somebody knows how to fight and when they don't, and that's how how many times they cut when an actor throws a punch. So if an actor throws a punch and they cut and they show the the person selling the hit, so they, they call they that's what that's a term they use in wrestling. So there's the person who throws the punch, but you can be bad at selling a punch, but you can be really good at selling a hit. So there's actually a Japanese wrestler who had a fight against the blow up doll, and it's a phenomenal fight, and it's basically him just selling all the punches. You know, he's showing off how good he is at selling punches. So when you have an actor who can't throw a punch, but you have a stunt double or somebody who can sell it, 
you tend to cut from the punch to the cell and it looks pretty good. But that's a, that's a way you can kind of tell when an actor or the person on screen, whether they know how to fight or they don't, just because they make it look better, make it look cooler. In this movie, they do tend to cut a lot. However, it's not because every single one of them can't fight. There's a few of them you can tell these people can't fight at all. However, they cut it because this is still kind of a supernatural film. That a lot of the movements are supernatural about this because they do insert some of the moves from the video game, which are they can't be made by normal people in a normal fight. So they do have to add that element. Also... The director, Paul W.S. Anderson, does something pretty interesting where he they, they do a punch and they do a close-up uh, so they can do the they can show kind of like the pain. And they do and they do like or show off the strength of the hit. And they do this a lot with dust. So that brings me to set design. The sets in this movie are phenomenal. They, they invested a lot of money in the sets and they use them in the fights, meaning uh, there's a very there's a pretty iconic scene uh, the, the best fight in the movie in my humble opinion the fight between scorpion and johnny cage in in hell basically and there's a point where you know scorpion just stomps on on a floorboard and then from underneath the floorboard you see a bunch of dust coming out so again they 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 do close-ups to those kinds of things like sand flying around so it and uh, a few slow motion cuts uh, a few slow motion shots because the movie's actually pretty well shot they they got a lot of really nice shots so they 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 do the slow motion and the close up to where the hits to the hit was made just so that it it feels more intense. So okay, I, I'm I'm willing to forgive that aspect of you know too many edits because it does actually add to the fight. It actually adds two elements of the story. And again, it uses the sets in creative ways, and that's something that really bugs me. If you have a kick-ass set, use it and use it in a way where it enhances the film. So let me see what the hell is the chat's going on. The acting is the only thing that kills it for me. Listen, the villain is phenomenal, all right? Don't mess with the villain. Johnny Cash is pretty, I'm sorry, Johnny Cage is pretty good. Everybody else, I agree with you. Yeah, they they mailed it in. <laughs> they, they, they phoned it in. But uh, no, Raiden also does an okay job. So I think top tier would be the villain. I think he does, you know, the best out of everybody. Uh, Shang Tsung. Then I'm going Johnny Cash Raiden and then everybody else. So there you go. Uh, the, 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 I love that there wasn't too many powers shown. Yes, again, they, they wanted to keep their feet on the ground and again, showcase more of the the fighting abilities of the actors. Kind of not go too crazy with it. Also, CGI wasn't great at the time. And you can tell with, for example, Reptile that it looks pretty bad. It looks pretty pretty bad and i see mate Liu kang ending mean more uh in, in the the powers yes johnny cash fatality is the ring of fire yes uh well so well well we'll get into it <laughs> wait I, I just got i i got confused well is he missing up, is he missing mixing up with scorpion but yeah technically you are correct that's a solid one chuck dominguez i'll i'll give you a point in the trivia just just because of that one is actually pretty clever anyway so, there's also one last thing I want you to keep in mind for this movie. I don't know how true it is, but after watching it, I believe it 100%. The star of this movie was originally supposed to be John claude Van Damme, and he was supposed to be playing Johnny Cage. As you see the movie, you can tell how it may have been meant that way. Because Johnny Cage 
does have the better of the fights in the movie. Or at least the bigger, more impactful fights. And you can see kind of why... I mean, you can tell why they changed it to Liu Kang. Because Liu Kang makes more sense, you know, with the whole fate stuff. But you could tell... you could. They probably just lost Jean-Claude Van Damme. And they were like, oh, well, we need... All right, we'll just shift the story over to Liu Kang. You can tell because there's certain things where it kind of messes up. But, yeah, it's a... That, that's neither here nor there. Just something that, you know, it's a fun little fact for you. Um, let's continue. Uh, let's begin with the movie. So... Again, this is going to be tricky. It's going to be a little bit different from the last time, so I'm not going to play as many clips because, again, YouTube keeps, you know, complaining. But uh, let's let's move on here to the full screen. So let's get started. Uh, the movie begins again with a with a song. Mortal Kombat! All right, so that's awesome. Again, it sets the stage. It tells you, it, it gets you hyped for the movie. And then it takes a really bizarre turn because then it starts off with uh, you get this build up, right? You get this build up to that that's that's fighting music, right? And then it turns into this bizarre kind of like creepy showdown, and it's Shang Song facing out this facing off against this monk-looking dude who looks like he's a fighter, and you see this guy who you think he's clearly the villain, and he whoops the other guy's ass. And in this scene, again, simplicity. They show you many things. They show you, A, this guy can fight and fight really well, like enough to overpower this other guy by a lot. And they do this thing like uh, Luke, uh, I'm sorry, Shang Tsung looks directly at the camera and he says, your soul, your brother's soul is mine. And Chan sing, he screams like, Lou, like, um, and uh, you will be next. So. What does this tell us? They're, they're telling us some things. First off, there's a guy named Lou. Uh, he has a brother. His brother not only gets killed, he's get, his soul's going to be taken away, right? So again, they're, they're telling us a lot with very little, which is clever. This leads to Liu Kang waking up uh, from a nightmare thing. So it's like, all right, so was that a nightmare or was it a vision? We don't know. It's not exactly clear, but Liu Kang moves over to, uh, to grab a, a telegraph, and it's a telegraph from his grandfather saying... Liu Kang, brother dead, return home. So we're like, okay. So maybe, all right, so the brother is dead for sure. The question is, is he having an, is he imagining it? Or did that fight, that specific fight actually happen and he had a vision about it? So there you go. A little bit, uh, uh, that's an intro, that's how they introduced Liu Kang. So what we know of Liu Kang, he's the man who clearly now, it the stakes are set for the, quote-unquote hero of the film or the main character of the film the stakes are this dude killed your brother so vengeance and you need to save his soul because this dude has it pretty clear pretty simple stakes again simplicity there sometimes movies don't have to be art you know they can be simple we appreciate simple we like simple especially when you got a really complicated story and you got you gotta follow the kiss rule right kiss keep it simple stupid right Keep it simple, stupid. That's the kiss roll. Remember. Next, uh, we're taking a Hong Kong and we're introduced to Sonya Blade. So, Sonya Blade's intro is actually pretty, again, simple and interesting. And I'll show you this real quick. I'll stop it halfway so hopefully the stream doesn't take get taken down. But, ah, as they say, to quote Samuel Jackson in uh, Jurassic Park, hold on to your butts. 
60 seconds to target. Jax, is the perimeter secured? Lockdown tight. It better be. I want Kano. Trust me, Sonya. I trust one person on this planet, Jax. You're talking to us. All right. In 10, 15 seconds, we learned a lot about Sonya Blade. First off, they're in Hong Kong, and she appears, she spe she's speaking English, and she appears to be some kind of, I don't know, SWAT, special ops, dark ops, who knows? But clearly, she appears to be some kind of a, let's say, professionally trained uh, uh, assault personnel, uh, and she has some kind of international clearance, because again, they're in Hong Kong, and she's speaking English, so we're assuming they don't work for Hong Kong. But anyway, so it's, she's some kind of assault personnel. So we learned that. We learned that she's looking for Kano. We don't know who Kano is yet. We're assuming he's a criminal, but we know that she's looking for her. And we know that she doesn't trust anybody. So what is it? Is uh, What does Jack say? Trust me, Sonia. What is Sonia's response? It's like, uh, only trust one person, Jax, and you're looking at her. So we learned a lot in 10, 15 seconds. Simplicity. Simplicity. Keep it simple, stupid. It's not, it's, it's generally a good rule to follow. Uh, I just want to take a second and pat myself on the back for naming my youngest kid Jax. Gus Becerra, first off, congratulations on being a dad. Good on you. Uh, second, that's a great name for a kid. It's, it's, he's immediately going to be a tough guy. Um, and you can say he's named after Ajax from the Iliad 2, Jax from, uh, from Mortal Kombat. There's, you know, there's a bunch of really good characters named Jax. So, there you go. Congrats. Cheers to you. Cheers to the kid. Great name. Jax Becerra, JB. Rolls off the tongue. It works. And again, it's a, it's a tough guy name, you know? Names are very important, people. It's like, uh, we learned this from, from the TV show Friends. You know, when, when Chandler changed his name to Max Powers. or It's, it's just, you know that guy's going to be a badass. So, you want to give your kids badass names. It's, it's a rule, all right? Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss rule. It also applies to names. It applies to life in general. Keep things simple, guys. Anyway, let's continue with the movie. So, here we get to see that Kano is working with the guy uh, from The Nightmare. Again, we know it's Shang Tsung, so I'm not going to mess too much with it. But uh, we learn from this little conversation that Shang Tsung what's, wants Sonya to be part of the tournament. In fact, I can play a few seconds here. I think it's fine. Are you sure she's gonna follow me? You killed her partner, didn't you? She'll follow you into hell. Okay, so we learned here very quickly. Kano, th this is why Sonia wants. We, well, first off, we know who Kano is. Is this guy with the mask, metal mask thing, and missing one eye? Uh, we know that Sonia wants Kano because Kano killed her partner. Uh, and we know that Shang Song wants Sonia to be on the boat. To, uh, to the island of Mortal Kombat. Again, we don't know yet what the island is, but we know that Shang Tsung wants Sonya Blade to be a part of, of whatever it is that he's planning or doing. Again, it's very early on in the film. But again, they're introducing characters. This is the introduction. This is the fun part. This is one of the key parts of a, of a tournament-style movie, the introduction of the characters. So they've already introduced the villain, you know, Beating up, uh, beating up uh, the main character's brother. They introduce the main character, who's probably going to be in a quest of vengeance. They introduce Sonya Blade, who doesn't trust anybody, is appears to be some kind of assault personnel. They showed Kano, who's clearly a, uh, a killer, and Shang Song again, who's kind of a mastermind. And it's it's all in the build up, people. You're building up stuff. Next, um, after this conversation, ah, did we get stuck? 
we see Sonya Blade uh, basically taking the Kano got away, but Sonya Blade took down one of the guys uh, that was working for for Kano, and she got information from him. Right? Where did Kano go? Totally, she got totally not planted information. Next, we go to the next introduction of characters. Probably again, if you're if you're keeping track, keep in mind. Who was meant to be the main character of this movie? Because this is probably the coolest introduction of them all. Mr. Johnny Cage. You know, like, warehouse opening, walking in by himself. And then, again, I wish I could do it, but he's basically ends up fighting four dudes, right? So he's in the middle of this fight, and the fight, he's unarmed facing four armed dudes. And I want to play it. Damn it, I want to play it. (laughs) This is really hard. But uh, basically... Long story short, he, he's got cool one-liners. Let's dance. And uh, he manages to take down the guys. But uh, there's a there's a mess up kind of at the end of the fight. Uh. This is where you fall down. Where do you get these guys? Okay, cut. Here we find out, oh my god, it was actually a movie. So this really cool intro to this character, it turns out, ah, it's just a movie. They're telling us he's a movie star, right? And in this little bit of conversation, we find out that the press keeps saying that Johnny Cash, the Johnny, damn it, Johnny Cage is not really a martial artist. He can't really fight, that it's all fake, blah, blah. And we learn that Johnny Cage actually cares a lot about it. How do we know that? Because he ends up meeting with his former, ma- or his former, tra- former trainer or master, because he does specify his master. Uh, he does call him master, and the master says, hey, listen, Johnny. I know, basically, I got a deal for you. And this guy's basically just pretending to be Jack Nicholson, to be honest. Just like the previous guy was pretending to be freaking Steven Spielberg, but whatever. Uh, he tells him, there's this tournament. It's it's a once-in-a-generation tournament. Everybody will vouch for you. Nobody will be able to say that you're not for real afterwards. Go do it. And Johnny's like, all right, I'll trust you. I'll, I'll, I'll go do this thing. The, the boat sails from Hong Kong tomorrow. Tomorrow night, he's like, all right, I'll be there. So he's like, okay. As the master is leaving, this little scene happens. And I'll play it because it's less than 10 seconds. Alright, so the master walks away. And, ooh, whoa, that's that's really bad. Alright, so <laughs> my camera overheated. Whew, let me, let me turn that off. Fortunately, you know, I've learned from these type scenarios and I have a backup camera. So, there you go. Technology still can't keep me down. It is crazy hot, though, so it's unfortunate. And it sucks because that camera is actually a lot more comfortable, but whatever. Uh, what was I saying? So, yeah, we learned a few things here. Uh, first off, that the, that the main antagonist has shape-shifting capabilities. Second, that uh, he probably killed Johnny Cage's former master. And third, that he wants Johnny Cage for our reason to go to his tournament, all right? So we know that he wants Sonya Blade there. We know that we, or we guess that he kind of wants Liu Kang there. And we know again for sure that he wants Johnny Cash there. Damn it, Johnny Cash, Johnny Cage. He wants Johnny Cage, idiot. Anyway, let's continue. So next we get Liu Kang returning to, I believe it's called the Temple of Light in China. And we get to see that this is actually the place where he saw his brother fight right here. He saw his brother fight in the nightmare. So is it, again, is it him imagining it? Because he did grow up there. So he, he probably imagined it. 
but maybe it was a vision, and maybe it's possible that Shang Tsung sent him the vision, or maybe it was Raiden, who knows? But based on the fact that Shang Tsung's the one who sa- ends up saying in the nightmare, you're next. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm guessing it was Shang Tsung. You know, maybe. Anyway, here we find out a bunch of stuff. Basically, that Liu Kang thinks that everything that the, they believe in the temple is baloney. And uh, that what the temple believes is that there's going to be a massive tournament that he was meant to be the champion. However, he was like, screw you guys. He went to America. So his brother took up a spot and turns out the brother wasn't good enough. So Shang Tsung came in there, whooped him. And now Liu Kang uh, kind of to motivate Liu Kang in, or to lure him back to that tournament again. And so he still doesn't believe it. But he wants to, you know, get vengeance for his brother. There's this whole kind of argument as to why he should, uh, he's trying to plead his case as to why he should be the one to go. And then Raiden comes in, right? And Raiden to this people is basically the god of thunder, right? The protector of the human realm. And Liu Kang's like, fuck this guy. I don't believe this rando. But um, actually, there's actually a pretty decent line here. I'm I'm, going to play it for you. Gus here, Cash, stop making fun of me for being an idiot. Let's continue. Let's play this real quick. The great tournament was too much responsibility. But vengeance. That's so much simpler. Vengeance is so much simpler. Again, theme of this, well, not theme, but key part of this movie. Simplicity. They're they're saying it outright. They know that the plot's too complicated and they wanted to simplify it to vengeance because it is simple. And so what they're doing here is, all right, we're going to simplify to something that people understand. What can people understand? Vengeance. It's pretty easy. It's pretty clear. It's pretty pretty, um, straightforward. Now, the challenge is going to be to make you believe everything else, all right? So we got you there with vengeance, all right? We're, it's simple. We got you on the boat with vengeance. Same thing that's happening to Liu Kang. We'll get you there with simplicity. Now we're going to make you believe. Now, for in Liu Kang's case, it's easier for him to believe because he's actually seeing all the stuff from Legends. For, for the audience, it's not as easy to believe. However, we are suspending our disbelief, and we're like, all right, we'll follow along with you. And they'll slowly start explaining the big context of the the big context. They haven't explained much. They're slowly dropping hints. All right. They simplified it. Then they're dropping hints. Let's continue. So basically, Rain whoops. Uh, Raiden whoops. Uh, <clears throat> Liu Kang and Liu Kang's like, screw you guys. I, <laughs> I'm gonna build my own tournament with uh, with cocaine and with hookers. And so with blackjack and hookers, and so he decides to go off on his own, even without everybody's help. Um, so he has sets off, and uh, then we learn a little bit about Raiden's kind of state of mind and his belief. Let me see if I can get the little... I'm going to pause it right there, just so give it a little bit of time so that the stream doesn't crash. All right, that's, I think that's good enough. So uh, here, the, the concern from the grandfather addressing Raiden. He isn't ready, my lord. And we've lost so much time. I know. But there's no one else. Okay, so, important things here. Raiden is played by Highlander. Yes. That was great casting. Phenomenal. His voice is phenomenal. Um, We've learned that Liu Kang, since he left the temple to go to America and do his own thing, 
he stopped training or the training that he was meant to have, so he is not ready. All right, he's not. He hasn't been fully trained, or at least he wasn't fully trained by them, which is bad. All right, they're putting our hero in a position where he's not in not optimal to go to fight. Right, he's he's or at least they're hinting to the possibility that he's not ready. And then Raiden says, "There's no one else." So they're they're telling us that, oh my God, there's this guy has to be it, and he has to get his shit together before the tournament starts or during the tournament. Otherwise, this this is not gonna end well. It has to be him. It's fate. It's destiny. He's the one that's supposed to do it. Uh, let's continue. We get to see like a little funny thing of you know Johnny Cash arriving at the dock. They introduce another fighter here, which honestly, if this would have been me, I would have added a fight. For this guy so that we care a little bit more about him but they didn't so oh missed opportunity Liu Kang shows up uh Johnny Johnny Cage gives gives him money to move his luggage he just throws it in the water which is funny again it's funny but it's really bizarre and this was one of those movies in the 90s where they wanted to be light-hearted at the same time it, it really doesn't make any sense because you guys remember Liu Kang has vengeance on his mind right so him, you know, clowning around with, with Johnny Cage is bizarre. Then, all right, at least, you know, it shows that they kind of get along, so to speak. Anyway, let's continue. So then we get to see Sonya Blade, you know, stalking people, you know, from the dock. She sees Kano board the really epic-looking ship that I would never get into because it's clearly haunted. But uh, the, the ship shows up. She's stalking everybody. Kano shows up. He gets on the boat. Sonya runs after them. They get on the boat, and it looks as crappy on the inside as it did on the outside. Sonya is not making friends, you know, uh, still looking for Kano. And she goes below decks, and she encounters Mr. The, the villain, Mr. Shang Tsung. And I, I guess I could play this real quick. All right, she's, you know, she's below decks. All right, I'm going to stop it right there just to give it a little bit of time so the stream doesn't get frozen. This sucks, guys. I, I can't tell you how nerve-wracking it is every single time that I want to play press play. Because there's, there's so many things I could tell you or sh show you that's fun. But anyway, again, set design. All right? Set design. That, that ship looked epic. Epic. Now on the inside of the ship with the chains just dangling around. It looks really cool. And the shots are really cool. Here, from the shadows, you just see a little bit of blue light. And from the shadows comes... The villain, Shang Tsung. Again, we get to see a really bizarre thing between Shang Tsung. He he wants Sonya for some reason. It's not exactly clear what it is, but he clearly wants Sonya. Then again, you just look at Sonya and you're like, yeah, I get it. I under totally understand. Right with you, brother. Anyway, uh, so they the guys show up and they're like, ah, oh, we're we're backing you up. Sonya's like, when I want backup, I'll radio for it. Then Shang Tsung gets its own backup, and again. It's all about the intro, guys. This is uh, tournaments. It's how you introduce them. I'll radio for it. Door opens, and in walk Sub Zero. That song. And Scorpion. Scorpion and Sub Zero. Anyway, uh, I, I wish I could show you the whole thing. I don't want the stream to be taken down. But the point is. They're introducing the villains. They, they walk in, really cool, and they do stuff that kind of incapacitates the, the main characters. Not really. It's not really a, a fight, but, you know, they 
he freezes Sonia's gun. Uh, I mean, Sub-Zero freezes her gun. Um, Scorpion shows that really weird animal thing, like snake thing that comes out of his hand. And so in comes Raiden. And he's like, screw these guys, blows them away. So not great thing to do once you introduce a villain to, you know, show them getting their ass kicked. But it is Raiden. They did get their ass kicked for, by a god. So it is kind of understandable. Gus Becerra wants Sonya for that ass. Yes. Yes. Whoa. I'm going to say peach for that peach. There you go. Um, then we we learn from, uh, from Raiden a few more of the rules of the world. And let's just say it real quick. I'll just play it. Ten seconds. Let's see what we catch. All right, so what did we learn? We learned that Shang Tsung has a master. He's the emperor. So there's bigger things going on in this world. So the big bad that they've been shown this whole time actually is just the dog in the chain. So, again, little stuff. Little by little, they keep dropping the stuff for the big story, right? Little by little, because it is really complex. But anyway, um, let me play a little bit. Eh, whatever. They, they talk about the tournament, and then they, they get out of there, and Raiden pretty much explains everything. Let me see. Let me see if I can catch it. Oh, there's your rational explanation. Listen. What you're about to face is vastly more important than your ego, your enemy, or your quest for revenge. Damn it. Ugh, all right. I wanted to play that another part, but uh, stupid stream and we'll get taken out. Right, I'll just move it. The point is, Raiden explains the the big, you know, context of this story. Defended from who? Your world is. All right. But one of many realms. All right, so I'll try to explain it really quickly. There's many realms. Uh, one realm called Outworld wants to invade another, but in order for him to be able to and the, the Emperor, Shao Kong, wants to in, invade the realm of Earth. In order for him to do that, he has to win 10 Mortal Kombat uh, tournaments in a row in order for him to be allowed to, to pass through the worlds. Now, why, do, why does he have to do 10? Basically, because the gods of the world decided so. The gods of the, mul the, the different realms decided so. That's the simplest way I can explain it. There you go. Now, the stakes are set because Sha Shang Tsung has won nine tournaments in a row. If he wins this one, then the Emperor can cross the dimensions with his army and start conquering the realm of Earth. So, there you go. Simplified version of it. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Uh, da -da -da. Okay. There's another thing about simplicity here that, that uh, Raiden says, but I guess we're going to miss it. Uh, he also explains that Mortal Kombat is not about... Oh, I guess... Life. Well, it's about life. Basically, staying alive. So, and, you know... In the realm of, of Earth surviving. Mortal men and women defending your own world. Why are you telling? Uh, anyway, he explains why he chose those three, and we can continue. And that the fate of billions rests on their shoulders, pretty much. So there you go. Um, and you know, throws a little bit more warnings. He says that it started. Blah. They they travel to this weird island that's kind of not in this world. We get to see Johnny and Sonia's relationship not being, you know, the warmest. 
uh, again, Johnny being used as kind of a comic relief in many ways. And again, they, they're just showing us bits, of, bits and pieces about the world. Uh, they arrive, we have this big dinner scene, and, uh, oh wait, no, Kitana. We're, we get the first look at Princess Kitana. Liu Kang looks at her and he's like, damn, she's hot. But I think she's out of my league. And so he can't go talk to her. Shang Tsung looks at this and he's like, hey, uh, reptile, keep everybody away from her, all right? Because she, this could be trouble. And the big reptile statue thing starts moving. Let me see if they show it. Uh, here, here you go. Princess Kitana. Our most dangerous adversary. Watch her carefully, reptile. Keep her away from these humans. Okay, so again, not the greatest special effects, but again, at the time, whatever. Uh, we learn a few things there. Kitana, not friendly with Shang Tsung, and uh, there's more to meet the eye, more than meets the eye in this particular island, right? Uh, we get to see the, the tournament, uh, the, the feast before the tournament, and then, you know, Shang Tsung walks out, invites everybody, uh, welcomes everybody, and, um, sh they show off, well, he does give a few words of warning, and then he shows off what some of his fighters can do, you know, what can they expect from this tournament, and basically, it's Sub-Zero showing off a bit of his abilities. Let me see. Alright, one shot kill. Flawless victory. And that, my friends, right there, is the only correct use of flawless victory in the entire film. <laughs> From this point on, they never use flawless victory correctly again. They just, they use it, but it, it does, uh, it's one of those things where you're like, I don't, that doesn't mean what you think it means, guys. Uh, they just he they say it randomly when they're when when a fight's over, and it's like, but but he got hit. Flawless victories when you don't get hit. But anyway, uh, just just so you know, it, it bug it bugs me personally. It it bugs me. I'm pretty sure that they did it just to upset people like me. But whatever. What can you do? Oh. Let's continue. So uh, ba 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 ba. Again, using Johnny as comic relief, uh, they decide to go after Shang Tsung. And again, this is this is weird because if you guys remember, Liu Kang should be on a on a quest for vengeance, right? They killed his damn brother, and he's like, that guy did it, but he's being polite about it. Like he, in the boat, he didn't just straight up tackle the guy. Like I don't know about you guys, but if I'm face to face with the guy who killed one of my brothers, I'm not sure if I could be polite. Now, it depends on the situation, but I'm pretty sure I couldn't be polite about it. I just, you know, like, go berserk immediately, probably. But, you know, maybe Liu Kang's way more controlled than I am. Who knows? I mean, they haven't shown him to be, but whatever. It's not a perfect film, guys. <laughs> Far from it. But uh, let's continue. So they, they go after him, and here they do a little, a little foreshadowing, let's say, an introduction, an introduction to an, uh, one of the future big bats. So we, we hear Goro go or something like a really weird voice like and we get to see this big giant hand with only three fingers so we're like what the hell is that it's a tease they're teasing us the director's teasing us um Gus Becerra stop lying you don't live you don't live Eric you don't love Eric that much hey first off 
I do have another brother, okay? I never specified which one. I'm keeping things vague on purpose. I also have a sister. And I, listen, I don't know. Like, it, it depends on who murders her, I guess. I guess. Things get really different there. But whatever. The point is, don't start badmouthing me. I got, you don't know who I'm talking about, okay? I got a big family. I am Mexican. And I am a Gonzalez. There's a lot of us, okay? Anyway, let's continue. Uh, so they go after this guy, and then afterwards they show, uh, they, they give us another tease of Goro. So they're, they're building up expectations of what we can see. Like, what the hell was that? Now, for those of us who played the video game, we kind of know what it was. However, we didn't know how he was going to look on screen. So they, they're, they're teasing him slowly but surely. Oh, by the way, for those who, I, I didn't catch it here in the audio, but Sonia basically just said she's going to go off by, her, by herself and, and explore, right? She, she's going to continue exploring. And they see a big shadow of a thing with four arms, gigantic. Again, comic relief, but it shows you just the character who plays Johnny Cage nailing it. It sucks that they used him as comic relief, but he actually nailed nailed it pretty well. And he's like, all right, Sonia, you go ahead. <laughs> it's really funny. I'm sorry. I, I enjoy these things. I enjoy stupid stuff. I'm sorry. Anyway, let's continue. Then we get to see Kano speaking to somebody. We don't know who that somebody is, but it turns out it's actually Goro, and Goro explains a little bit more about the world, right? Uh, in the meantime, our heroes, they're, they're kind of, uh, spying on this whole situation. And here we get to see Goro. And Subterranean. What's that? Something like underground? Yes, something like that. Anyway, we get to see that Goro's kind of like this big animatronic costume puppet. Again, this gigantic four-armed monster. He looks really cool. Honestly, for, again, for the time... For being an animatronic, looks really cool. The newest Mortal Kombat movie, I didn't like what they, how they used Goro at all here. Again, they, they they build him up. It was fun to see, fun to see him appear on screen. All that stuff. It was a fun buildup. And scary as hell. Oh. It's true. Anyway, Shang Tsung shows up and he starts, you know, get, telling them. A, a bits and pieces about the plan of the upcoming situation, giving them warnings. Be careful with this guy. Be careful with that one. Goro's like, why should I care about puny humans? And he's like, this is the final tournament. Don't fuck up. I'm giving you warnings for a reason. And then, you know, the heroes are like, let's go. They make a noise. And so they're like, ah, da, 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 da. Well, let me see if I can get it. <clears throat> oh, they also gives them a warning about Kitana, the emperor, the emperor's adopted daughter. <clears throat> Why should I have to worry about her? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Let me see. Uh... Alright, so they, they, they've sent guards after them. These dudes, they get lost. Kitana's kind of trying to guide them, like, from a distance. Uh, here, Liu Kang gets attacked by reptiles, so we see that reptiles actually can camouflage themselves and stuff like that. Uh, and then we get this really dumb thing. It's really dumb, where... Johnny Cage is leading them through a hallway that's filled, and I mean filled with spiderwebs. And he's like, "I trust me, 
Princess Katana went this way. I can smell her, smell her perfume. And it's like, let me, let me just do you a favor. If you're going through spider webs, it means that nobody's gone through there before you. Or at least not in a while. That means that spiders had enough time to build up spider webs. And uh, yeah, that's what that means. So, you know, just, it, it annoys me again. They made Johnny a lot dumber than he should be. And they end up in the, in the, basically in the room where Kano and Goro were talking. So guards show up and in starts the fight. And this is the first use in a fight of the Mortal Kombat theme song. Anyway, fight. You know, three characters fighting at the same time. We see how they sort of collaborate. We kind of get to see a look at their styles and whatnot. We see how capable they are. Then Raiden shows up and uh, basically, and a bunch of guards show up and... Uh, show me what you plan to do about them. Again, funny. And so Raiden kind of flexes his, his lightning muscles. Uh, let me see. And uh, walks them out of there, right? Uh, da, da, da. So he gets them out of there. And, and Shang Tsung. Will Shang Tsung fight in the tournament? If he chooses to. As a former champion, he has the right to do so. And he's far more dangerous than Goro. Again, more buildup of the villain, stuff like that. Uh, ba, ba, ba. Okay, so we got the first official fight of the tournament. Liu Kang versus an unnamed dude. Um, this, I feel, it was another mistake of the movie. They should have at least named this guy. And the fight's relatively cool enough. I'll show you bits and pieces so that you can see what I meant about uh, slow motion and uh, doing a lot of cuts, but using it in a clever way. So let's see. I'll play like 10, 15 seconds here. All right, so again, you saw the slow motion there, the sand. It looks cool. So they added stuff to make things look cool. And now we know that these two dudes can fight. So they could have done the entire fight probably in one shot. They chose to do it this way because, again, you'll notice when there's a hit, it kind of adds a little bit to it. I don't particularly love it, but whatever. Again, so you see, you saw that when they cut, they did a close-up to the shot at the stomach. It kind of makes you feel like the hit was actually a lot harder. There you go. That's why they did it. Clearly, it's because Paul W.S. Anderson is a, let's call it a Western director. Well, not Western. He's, like, from the West. Uh, he's not, his strength is not martial arts films, so he did it the way that he knows how to do it. If he would have done it more uh, a martial arts way, it would have been different but whatever again it's fine it's not terrible and again we know that these dudes can fight and it shows in the choreography it shows and everything so it's not the worst thing in the world he just really loves those slow motion shots doesn't he but it's okay it's cool because it's capable people fighting i don't know why he does it but he does it a lot anyway let's continue so Liu Kang wants his fight, won his fight, and we see uh, Shang Tsung steal, the, steal this dude's soul. Fatality. So, eh, fair enough. It is a fatality. Uh, again, it, it, it makes the, build, the, the villain that much creepier. We're building up the villain. That's the important thing. We're building up the villain. Next, we get to see Sonya. Again, Shang Tsung flirting with Sonya a little bit, and Kano walking up 
on the stage. Now, I think out of all the fights, this is the one that tells the best story. And it's probably the most realistic out of all the fights. So let's see. Okay, Kano's brings out the knife that he used to kill their partner. And he starts with a with a sneak attack. Why? Because he's kind of a piece of shit. You put a bit smile on your partner, though. Yeah. To ear. <laughs> All right, sneak attack, right? So we get to see Sonya, dodges it, and we see that she's kind of a capable fighter. Very capable. In fact, I'm going to skip right here and show you a little bit. Kano's having issues with it. Let me tell you, the guy who plays Kano sells the hits really well. Right? He's really good at selling them. However... That, but what I mentioned about the most realistic fights is because it, it starts off with Sonya being really good, really capable, and uh, really, you know, landing all those hits, right? She's, she's got her strategy. She's at 100%. Here we go. She took one hit. She goes down. That's not good. But, uh, you know, there's a difference in size and in weight between these two. And, you know, woman versus man. So Kano's landed his first punch. His first official punch. Sonya went down, she immediately gets back up, but clearly she's shaken, all right? Her guard doesn't go immediately up, and uh, Kano now starting to feel comfortable. Now, he's taken a lot of hits, a lot of them, but he looks like he's 100%. Sonya doesn't, again, after just one hit. Kano just took three hits to the face, three kicks, all right? So Sonya was able to somewhat recover. She's starting to feel a little cocky, and she wants to finish this fight quickly, right? She realized, I need to end this now. He's down. I need to take him out because if he hits me again, it's not going to be good for me. So here we go. She comes in close. Knee to the face. Oh, blocked. Brit taken down. And you do not want to be on the ground on a fight, right? Never want to be in the ground on a fight. It's terrible. It's a bad position, especially against somebody who's bigger than you and stronger and heavier because they're going to hit down. And when they hit down, they're hitting you with gravity and all their weight. It's a bad situation to be on, again. And our, our Bori Sonia is in a bad spot, but she got cocky. She was, imagine this is like, like Dark Souls, right? <laughs> You're fighting a bigger opponent. You need to fight perfectly. You need to stay calm. You need to land the, the smart punches and not get hit. She messed up. She got hit once. Then she's like, I got to finish this quickly. She got, you know, she lost her head. She, and now she got taken down. And now this happens. Hard to get up. Boom. Kick. Straight to the ribs. And what happens to Sonia? She just stays on the ground, kind of like trying to get her breath back. Imagine being kicked. But I'm guessing that's a steel toe boot right to the ribs. Again, male kicking a female right on the ribs. That's got to hurt. That's, that's, that's a fight ender right there. But anyway. Did it hurt, baby? <sighs> So you can't get up. Again, it's only been two official hits. And so that moves to the one of the Sonya Blade special moves. But however, again, we're going back to, to storytelling with the fight. So it starts off with two of them at 100%. Sonya Blade, it's clearly the more skilled fighter, right? And it's shown. She uses a, a, more, uh, a bigger variety of moves. She kicks more. And so it, it's shown that she's clearly more talented as a fighter. She has more skilled. However, she's physically weaker. And uh, Kano, is, and male versus female, Ma Kano manages to land one hit. One hit's been enough to kind of throw her off. She tries to bring him... Uh, 
to be a little bit more aggressive. Kano takes the opportunity, knocks her down, then kicks her in the ribs, and it looks like the fight's done. So in two hits, it looks like our, our girl Sonia is going to be done. And then she does the, the little Sonia move from the video game where she stands up on, on her two hands, grabs his neck by, with the legs, and brings him down that way. So she wins this fight with skill. Not with muscle, not with bronze, with skill. So Sonia, Sonia Blade is clearly the more skilled of the two fighters. That's how she managed to win. And again, storytelling via fighting. They're telling us a lot about the characters. They're telling a story with the fight alone. And you felt very concerned for Sonia there at one moment. And so, again, very well done. Very nicely done. This is probably, you know, in, in terms of storytelling, it's probably the best of the fights. Um, oh, my. Mom Nasty. I don't know what the oh, my was for, but okay. Anyway, long story show, short, Sonia brings him down, breaks his, breaks his neck with her, with her legs. Uh, Shang Song's pretty happy about it for some weird reason. Then we go to probably the most epic out of all the fights. And again, keep in mind, Johnny Cage was originally, originally meant to be played by Jean-Claude Van Damme, was originally meant to be like the star of this movie. And if you look at his fights, if you look at his intro, if you look at everything, you can kind of tell that they wanted to do something really special with Johnny Cage. And here we go. Look at that set. I mean, just look at it. It's perfect. Like a, a bunch of dead trees in a big field. And then the bum music. Scorpion shows up. Uh, again, the, the build-up for the intros. Darius the Joe Rogan of commentating on Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll take it. I'll take that. That's, that's, the nicest, that's the nicest thing anybody said to me. Thank you, David. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just doing storytelling here, all right? It's not... <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I'm just breaking things down. I'm breaking down the movie. It's easier to break down a movie as a fight when there's an actual fight in it. But uh, let's continue, because this is probably my favorite fight in the entire movie. So the setup is here. Johnny Cage between Scorpion. Now, they've already teased this fight earlier on in the movie, as you can remember, from the boat scene. And we know that this dude has something in his hand. Now, again, if we played the video game, we kind of know what it, what it, what Scorpion's powers are. We're, we're forgetting that we know the video game here, all right? We just know that this dude has a big thing that comes out of his hand. By the way, I, whoever thought of that, okay, I, I thought I would have used the chain, but all right. It was actually pretty cool. I guess they just really wanted to use the CGI. I don't know. But anyway, setup of the fight, right? Big open field. Looking at each other. All right, so this is... A lot of kind of anime elements to it. But again, no martial arts. I'd say martial arts in general. The the villain and the hero facing each other off. And then the, the villain kind of showing off his power a little bit, right? Alright. So, what what we get from the, the get over here. We see that um, Scorpion has the advantage in range. So uh, Johnny Cage kind of has to run around a little bit, try to use his brain to escape this thing. It, it's moderately successful. Let me see if... Because uh, the way that they, they use Scorpion here is actually pretty fun. So let us let me see if I can play it here. All right. He doesn't know where Scorpion is. And boom. Appears right behind Johnny Cage. The music starts again. Again, this is just fun. It's fun editing. It's really well done. The fight continues. Johnny Cage already knows what's happening. 
and he learns enough that he's dodged. So what did he set up a trap or something? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe he's just lucky. We don't know yet. We don't know. But the stage now, the, the fight now takes up a, a new challenge, and that's that uh, Johnny Cage wants to close in the distance. He thinks, all right, I got the opportunity now to close the to close the distance between the two of us. Tries to use one of his special kicks, and they get transported somewhere else. We don't know, right? We don't know where they're going. Turns out they kind of go to hell. And again, look at these sets. Look at these sets. They're phenomenal. They invested a lot into it, and they used them. That's great. That's really... That's actually missing a lot today. The actually building sets and making them look creepy and making them be part of the story. I, I love it. I love it. it. Again, it's one of the things I love about this movie. And let's see how, how they show Scorpion again. All right, so Johnny Cage is looking around. Boom, Scorpion pops up right behind him. And here we go with the fight. And pay attention here. I'm going to play a few seconds about this, uh, of this fight, okay? Check out not just the moves, not just the hits. Look at the set, right? Because a lot of the times, you're going to see a bunch of dust pop off, right? That means it, this, this, this didn't happen in just one shot. They probably had to keep adding dust every single time so that it pops. like, like So it feels like they're actually in a really old place, in a really dead place so just just i'll play a few seconds check it out Welcome. also metal all right you saw dust right there I, i'm pausing it on purpose just so that the stream doesn't get taken down guys all right i wish i could play more without stopping because i could just i wish i could just play the entire fight i'm sorry i can't i can't do it YouTube gets mad. And so far, I think we're good. We haven't gotten any trouble. It's been, what, an hour and 13? I think I'm going to have to keep doing this way. But all right, just check it out. Look at that. No cuts. Beautiful. Uh, damn it. I want to keep watching the fight. Uh, this is really annoying. Uh, let's see. Well, what do you think? 10 seconds for stop. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, so you, you saw there was a there was a big chunk there where they didn't do any cuts. Again, it's I think it's because of the style of fight that it was, but it, it looked pretty cool. And you could see that these two know how to fight. So I wish they would have done that more throughout the movie, but again, I understand. All right. Dust. Dust. Oh, dust. All right, so from the little kick up, now I get it. Some of them is just, it keeps collecting on their clothing and it and it pops up. But again, it helps you sell. So you put them in an environment that's going to be dusty and every single time they, they try to sell a hit, you'll, you'll see all the dust pop off. Or whenever they actually make contact, you see the, the dust pop off and, and it makes it look more cool. So, I don't understand why they don't do this more in other movies, and I don't understand why they didn't do it more in this particular movie. But for this, again, this particular fight, it's all money. It's all money. Let's continue. Falls to the ground. Dust. 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 All that stuff. And they keep, they have to keep adding all that stuff onto onto the set but anyway i think that's enough i think we can continue 
the the fight then moves on to a different arena where uh you know this is again this is this fight is the one that's closest to being one of the fights in the video game like an actual arena fight because they're they're face to face in a straight in a in a platform where they can only move forwards and backwards so it's the closest to actually being one of the fights in the video game and so they needed to add it the the change into a different fight. So they've already changed from the from the trees going into basically hell, and now and and they're again face to face in the iconic battleground. Let's say the video game battleground. And so they added also the transition. So Johnny Cage got a little bit higher, and Scorpion knocks him down to another level, which again happens in the video game. It's, it's pretty common in the video games. And in fact, you do a lot of damage whenever you do that. We're assuming happened here to Johnny Cage. So again, Johnny Cage is getting the more iconic fights. Scorpion is by far the most famous character in Mortal Kombat. By far. Sub-Zero may be close second. I guess it's debatable, but I think Scorpion is the face of the franchise. So the fact that Johnny Cage is getting the fight against Scorpion, and it's the fight, the, the one fight that actually looks like a fight from the video game, or at least a stage from the video game, and that follows kind of the rules of the video game, tells you a lot about what this movie was meant to be. And it, I, I, like I said, I didn't really look too deeply into this, but after watching the movie, it's like, yeah, clearly they wanted Johnny, Johnny Cage to be the star, so it makes sense that they wanted Jean-Claude Van Damme to do it. Pretty similar as how they did it with Street Fighter, where the main character is is main Jean Claude Van Damme, and it's not Ryu or Ken; it's like the lieutenant. I, I forget his name. I was gonna say Surge, but that's from Pokemon. Anyway, so this leads to uh, <clears throat> to Scorpion basically, you know, do, going to do one of his fatalities, but Johnny Cage using the environment to survive that fatality, and then you know, killing him with the Johnny Cash Ring of Fire here. Right? That's <laughs> that's how he does it. Uh, Gus Becerra, Dust equals Power Ranger Sparks. Yes, you are correct. Power Rangers did this a lot. They do this a lot. Uh, Japanese people do this a lot. And it adds to it. Again, it it makes it look more believable, like the hit's actually happening. But it looks cool in the environments. But yeah, here we go. The, the Johnny Cash Ring of Fire takes down the Scorpion. Scorpion ends up blowing up. Winner, Johnny Cage. Next, we get a pretty lame fight between... Uh, Liu Kang and Katana, where Katana basically gives uh, Liu Kang a bunch of hits to for the future fights. So Liu Kang ends up winning. The fight gets stopped. And again, this is one of the flaws of the film. Um, we get two back-to-back -back Liu Kang fights. I would have changed it up a bit. So here they could have added a fight from uh, Art, who's the black guy who Johnny Cage m met outside the boat. Uh, that I said that they should have added a fight for him. I would have added something in between here for him. They didn't. They fucked up. Now we get the fight between Liu Kang, where, again, Raiden is kind of a part of it. He leaves some water there. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of uh, divine help coming for Liu Kang that we don't get for Johnny Cage. <laughs> for Johnny Cage. Uh, clearly, the gods want, want to push Liu Kang to be the, the hero, to be the guy to survive. Johnny Cage does it on his own, but anyway, then we get this shot here, which is just beautiful. It's, look at that, forget, look at the set. It's a kick-ass set. Look at that intro, the way that it comes in. I'll, 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 I'll get it. So you see a little bit more of it? Uh, no, I can't do it. Let me just see. I'll stop it here. Like, lights. Look at the set. Look at everything. Look at this guy. Look, look at how they introduce or how they start this fight.
smoke, all the dust. In walks Sub-Zero. And they go face to face. Set it up. Look at that shot. Music. That's just really cool. I mean, that just looks cool in general. Again, here we go. Liu Kang is getting his own Mortal Kombat style fight for uh, for the, the, the setup, the stage, or, you know, the combat arena. It doesn't always stay that way. They, they move around a lot. They, they use the entire space, but they, they tried. They also gave him his, his own, little, lo, own little moment here against Sub-Zero again. So if you're ranking them, iconic characters from Mortal Kombat, you got number one, Scorpion, number two, Sub-Zero. So they, you could argue that Liu Kang's getting his opportunity as well. Anyway, the fight's really cool. There's not much I'm, I'm going to tell you about it other than it, it's pretty cool. It's it's uh, really well choreographed. It's fun. It ends with kind of BS. However, Liu Kang was clearly winning in the martial arts side. Then he has to use the, the element that brings life to bring down Sub-Zero, which was the hint that, gave, that Katana gave him. Now, they're trying to show two things here. One, that Katana is an ally and that she wants to help him. Also, that Liu Kang was clever enough to figure it out. I mean, they could have done it in different ways, but whatever. I mean, it is a simple way of doing it. And again, we're going back to the main the main thing for this movie. Simple. And next, Shang Tsung. You'd think he'd be pissed, right? But he's not. Turns out that maybe this was all, uh, it was all expected. Is it time? Yeah. All right, we've let these humans win enough. So, if you were thinking, all right, they're the the good guys are beating the bad guys, they're you know the things are rolling. They are, they've taken down two of the big bads already. You the, the the bad guy must be pissed. You know he must be like Hades. You know destroying all a bunch of Hercules merch. He's very calm. He's like, we've let them win long enough. All right. Building up the villain, guys. They're building up like, eh, whatever. I'm not, I'm not thrown by this at all. Then we get a montage of throw of fool, fools just being destroyed by Goro. Now, they don't show it for a couple of reasons. First off, very hard to choreograph a, a fight with the, with Goro and make it believable. You know, because it's a, it's a dude wearing a like a giant animatronic. So I'm guessing it was difficult to choreograph it and they wanted to save it. Also... You can't see what he's doing. Well, you see the results of what he's doing. Just throwing fools around like they're nothing. So you're seeing the results. And that makes it kind of scarier. You know, it's like, oh my god. How is he doing that? Oh my god. Look at all these fools. He's just breaking them. So, again. There's multiple reasons. And here we have the big fight with Art. And this is basically... What is it? Rocky Four, Where Apollo gets killed... By, uh, by Drake, uh, by, by Ivan Drago. So, <laughs> I have no other way to explain it. So we get, we actually get to see Goro fight. They, they build him up and how scary he is. And there's a, the art here, he's actually a train marcher artist, but he's just, you know, gets completely destroyed by Goro, overpowered. He gets a few punches in, but not enough. Um, and we get to see, again, we get to see Goro's style of fighting. And we get a, a flawless victory that was set you know, wrongly. This is what the second flawless victory that was said wrong. I don't know, but uh, it annoyed me, and so that uh, that leads to Johnny Cage being upset, like no, 
Uh, and the crew being like, how can we beat that guy? He's a gigantic four-armed monster. And Raiden being like, I don't know, figure it out. Good question. Goro can be killed. Shang Tsung's power can be destroyed by mortal men and women. You can overcome any adversary. Anyway, I'll just skip it. Because it's basically he gives him a speech like, you need to do this, you need to do this, deuces. And Liu Kang... Oh, uh, Johnny Cage, you need to stop being afraid of people telling you you're fake and having to, you know, rush headfirst into any fight just to prove that you're not. Sonya, you need to start start being afraid of trusting people and deuces. And Liu Kang's like, what the fuck? What? What about me? What about me? What am I afraid of? Like, yeah, you're afraid of your destiny. Shut the fuck up. And so they they decide to go and face their own fears, right? And strangely enough, uh, the, <clears throat> the, the way that Johnny Cage is gonna deal with his fear is, uh, well, go, running straight into a fight. I can finish this. You're making this all sound really simple, and it isn't. Yeah. You're making this all sound really simple. Simplicity! Yes, Johnny Cage says that he's gonna go challenge Goro, and then he's gonna end this. <laughs> I, I love it because they, they keep mentioning it that they're simplifying this story and it's a good thing it, but it's not it's not a simple story but they're simplifying it it's I, I find it I find it funny I don't know if they did it on purpose but if they did it's hysterical if not it's a happy coincidence and I'm enjoying it but whatever point is Johnny Cage wants to go challenge Goro Sonia's like you're an idiot you're gonna get killed Johnny Cage is like then I'm gonna get killed either way so my, might as well do it now uh, all right, well, you're an idiot. Shang Tsung's like, you're challenging Prince Goro. Are you an idiot? Johnny Cage is like, maybe. And he's like, all right, fine. But if you do it, then uh, I, you, if you get to challenge Goro, then that means that I get the right to uh, to pick whatever challenger I want at the end of the tournament. And Johnny Cage's like, I don't give a fuck. Sure, whatever. J uh, Raiden shows up and is like, no fucking way. Ah, damn it. In a place designated by me, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, Shang Tsung's like, "You're too late, bitch. Already, we already, we already agreed. You're, yeah, it sucks." And so Raiden's pissed off at Johnny Cage. And again, think of this, of the following line, of the following three lines, I think, with Johnny Cage being the main character. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what just happened here. So, Ra Raiden looks at Johnny, Ca at Johnny Cage after he made the deal with Shang Tsung. He's like, what have you done? Johnny Cage, I, I'm, I'm repeating it in case you couldn't hear it because the audio is kind of low. He's like, I made a choice. This is our tournament, remember? Mortal Kombat. We fight it. And he walks off. And then Raiden starts smiling. He's like, finally, one of them gets it. So... Looking at it, if he was meant to be the main... That was kind of a main character moment, right? So, you can tell what things they moved around and which they didn't. And this was one of those where they they decided, like, ah, let's just leave it there. It's not really that big of a deal. But anyway, let's continue. Uh, the Johnny Cage fight against Goro. 
begins with, let's see. Okay, with Shang Tsung telling him to, telling him to finish off quickly, right? <sighs> Pay me my tribute, bro. Be... Alright, nah, damn it. No problem. I'll crush him in one blow. Alright. <laughs> I'll crush him in one blow. Alright, so Johnny Cage is about to do his movie movie liners. Get ready! Alright, so we got an iconic Johnny Cage move, which is do the split and hit somebody in the nuts. That's from the video game. So we got, again, iconic Johnny Cage move. He just delivered some movie lines, hits Gore in the nuts, and then does the smart thing and gets the fuck out of Dodge. He just starts running away from there. And so, think about the big context of the movie. What did Johnny Cage learn from his fight against Scorpion? Think about it. What is... A key thing that he learned. What happened? You can move the arena. You don't have to stay at the spot where the fight started. You can move around. There's nothing that says that you have to stay there. And so he learned that from the previous fight. And he used that information in his fight against Goro. By moving to a more favorable arena for himself. So let's continue. In the runaway. And he... Ends up actually running into basically a, a, a cliff. <laughs> and so he decides to hide and ambush Goro. Which again is another thing that he learned from the scorpion fight. That you can actually ambush people. <clears throat> Let me stop it real quick. And uh, again, movie line. Those are $500 sunglasses, asshole. <gasps> and he basically kicks Goro's ass. Kicks him off a cliff. And as he's hanging off the cliff... We get throwback to the line at the beginning of the movie. Oh, he's holding on for dear life. Ah! This is where you fall down. Boom. All right. So again, <laughs> you, can, you, you can see it, right? I'm not crazy. I'm not imagining all this stuff. Clearly, this m movie was meant to be a Johnny Cage movie. Like, it's there, right? I'm not crazy. The script is there enough right anyway so johnny cage at this point has beaten scorpion and he's beaten goro all right two of the big bads so let's continue uh next we got shang Tsung basically stealing sonya blade because he's like i challenge sonya blade and we're gonna fight in outworld later losers because uh raiden can't help them in outworld and so they're like ah damn that guy and raiden so now is like well you two can go and try to help her if you want uh, because Sonya can't beat her. And so like, alright, I'll go there. But, uh, basically Raiden says, I can't help you once you're there. So now, they're in a situation where they're in enemy territory. Their god can no longer help them. The guy that's been helping them all along is no longer holding their hand. And again, look at these sets! Look at these sets! Outworld! Huh? Creepy as hell! Ah, I can see why they want to change the scenery. We should head for that tower. Phenomenal. Anyway, so they decide to go and try to help Sonia. In the middle of their quest to save Sonia, they end up accidentally fighting Reptile. So Liu Kang now has his fight against Reptile. It's actually a pretty cool fight. The the choreography, the way that the dude files is kind of reptilian-like in certain aspects. It's really cool. The mu again, the music. The music. Phenomenal.
awesome. It's just awesome fighting. I love it. Let's see if they do the if he if I can catch him doing the arm thing because that's fun. Reptilian, in a way. Ah, come on, come on, hurry up! I don't want the stream to get. Look, come on, that just looks cool, right? The lightning in the background, kind of green, everything. Like I said, this movie is beautifully shot in many ways, and it the sets are phenomenal. Uh, get up. Again, the special uh, audio effects, it's great. So, again, great fight. Liu Kang takes him down. And so now we've got Liu Kang who takes down uh, Sub-Zero and Reptile versus, uh, and Johnny Cash was taken down Scorpion and uh, and Goro. So you could arguably say that either of them are, is worthy of uh, doing the final fight at this point, right? Katana shows up to help them. She sneaks them into the the place where they're holding uh, Sonya Blade. Again, they, they, they rush this. They simplified it for simplicity's sake. And look at this freaking set. Just look at it. It's so freaking cool. They they did the Mortal Kombat logo in the background. There's a whole bunch of stuff uh, uh, around. Uh, it's it's great. great. Flawless victory. That, that wasn't a flawless victory. It wasn't a flawless victory. Damn you, Mob Nasty. You're just doing it to piss me off. Anyway. So it turns out the Shang Song's trying to bully Sonya into accepting his challenge. Sonya says, F you. Uh, uh, well, uh, I guess we could do the, the movie thing here. One last chance, Sonia. Fight me in Mortal Kombat. Go to hell. Take her away. The Emperor will be overjoyed. Now, I'm not sure why this... I mean, I, I'm, assume, I'm assuming this guy wanted to bring Sonia along so that he could challenge Sonia and that... Uh, that way, he'd have an easy victory. But, I mean, Sonya's been shown to be a capable fighter. Maybe not on his level. But it's really weird what they did there. I don't know. Like, this whole... Like, I don't under... This is, again, one of the plot holes of the movie. Shang Song, we know, is the reason why those three are there. We know Sonya Blade's there because of him. We know Johnny Cage is there for sure because of him. And we assume that he's there because of... Uh, we assume Liu Kang is there because of him, too. If he didn't want to fight Liu Kang, why would he set things up in a way where he would be the one to go? Right? Let's think about it for a second. Liu Kang's place was being taken over by his brother, his kid brother. And Shang Tsung whooped, his, whooped the little brother and killed him. So why would he do that? Why did he want Liu Kang to be the one to go fight? I don't know. It's one of the plot holes in the movie. Or maybe it's one of those, you know, hubris things. Like, ah, oh, well, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. I don't know. But whatever. Point is, they, they need to get him there. They're there. So let's fight. My friends will come. They're already here. Bam, bam, bam. Good guy's already there. All right. Kitana does a bunch of lawyering. It's like, basically, you don't want to cheat, right? The Emperor will not be pleased, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Shang Tsung's like, I challenge you, Johnny Cage. And Liu Kang's like, hell no, you're fighting me. I'll be your challenger. And now I challenge you to Mortal Kombat. And now we got the build up to the fight. And I, uh, I want to play a little bit of it at least. Uh, so let's see if, if this is where the song starts. So it's Liu Kang versus Shang Tsung. 
the the build up the beginning to the fight is phenomenal and again look look at everything look at the sets look at the shots look at everything listen to the song it's great and here we go nice dress look at that set phenomenal you got the logo right there in the middle fire in the background the song face to face up close and personal All right, when the when the beat actually starts, that's when the fight starts. It's phenomenal. It's great. It's a great build up to a freaking well, or start to a fight. You know, it, it starts getting you going. They've gone through a lot. Main character's gone through a lot. They've done a lot to introduce this villain, and he's about to do a bunch of really ugly faces. So it's great. And afterwards, you know, when the when the fight moves to stage two, Shang Tsung, after you, you made me bleed my own blood. He brings out all the bunch of dead warriors that are, are as backup. It's really cool. Again, I'm not going to go through everything here in this particular fight because you could just watch the movie. And, and I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm going to get, I'm not going to do always the Joe Rogan thing. I did it specifically for Sonya's fight because, again, that fight was telling a story through choreography. But, you know, long story short, this leads to uh, Shang Tsung trying to trick uh, trying to trick uh, Liu Kang by looking like his brother. Liu Kang not falling for the fight. And here's one of one of the mistakes of the movie as well. The fight is not going Liu Kang's way. All right, Shang Tsung ha kind of has him by the short hairs, and then he fucks up because he says the one line he shouldn't have said in the entire movie. The chosen one. Shouldn't have said it. It reminded him. That he's the chosen one. Come on, come on, come on, say it, hurry up. I am the chosen one. See, he fucked up. He told them that he's the chosen one. And uh, again, I hate this for movies, to be honest. I hate it when they do this. But at this point, it, this is the moment where the main character is like, and I'm not gonna lose anymore. And, all right, fine, the choreography is fine. It was cool, the fight, wherever. But it just, I hate it when they do this. I wouldn't be a skill, not because, you know, I'm not losing anymore because of plot. I hate it, but whatever. Still looks pretty cool. And let's see the... <clears throat> and the bad guy, the ugly faces. Look at that face! It's phenomenal! Anyway, point is, our boy Liu Kang wins. Uh, we move on. Hopefully. Alright, then. We, he gets closure in his story. His brother shows up and he's like, Dude, I love you. I'll be with you forever. Blah, blah, blah. No hard feelings. Uh, gets closure there. So everybody's getting closure, right? All around. Everybody's happy. They return to Raiden. Raiden's like, Oh, I, didn't, I had no idea how this was going to happen. And they return to the Temple of Light, and all of a sudden, boom, the Emperor shows up. I've come for your souls. I don't think so. And that's how the movie ends, right? And so, we're going to pretend like the other movie didn't exist. Like, Mortal Kombat Annihilation did not exist. But there you go. That is Mortal Kombat, ladies and gentlemen. The 1989 version of the movie. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. Messed up. I forgot the other camera is down. So, whew, it's crazy hot. Ah, hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully it was fun. As I told you, 
the main theme about this movie is, well, not theme of it, simplicity. They simplified so many things in order to make this movie work, and it, it works out because you don't need much for a fighting tournament movie, right? You need to do cool intros for characters, and you need to have cool fights, and this movie has both of them. As I said, think about how we characters were introduced. Johnny, Ca Johnny Cage walking into that warehouse and fighting four dudes, and then it turns out it's a movie. You got Liu Kang and the, the nightmare of and the, the start of the quest for vengeance. You got Sonya and the raid. So it's, it's a whole bunch. They, they build up the villain a lot. The villain is undefeated, undefeated, and they keep building. After every single, every single thing that we find out about the villain makes him even scarier and scarier and scarier. And it all culminates with the epic, with the epic set uh, with the Mortal Kombat logo down there and uh, the Liu Kang facing uh, Shang, uh, Shang Song. It's awesome. Like, it's awesome. It's a, I'm, not, I, I'm never going to say this is the greatest movie in the world. I'm saying it's simple and it's awesome because it's simple and they just they, you can focus enough on the cool fights with the cool characters, the cool costumes, with the cool music and the cool sets. And it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's good. So, uh, Gus Becerra, Witcher Season 3. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch. I already know what I'm going to talk about on Monday, okay? I know what I'm going to talk about Monday. I know what I'm going to talk about Tuesday. And I know what I'm going to talk about for next for next uh, un Underrated Gems. So, next Monday, I already told you. I'm talking about the... I, I found a script, a Batman script that was written by an AI. Now, it's the first page of... That script, it's hilarious. So I'm, I'm going to act it out. So I may add other stuff. I may add some news things. But the main thing that I want to do is I want to read that script doing the voices because it's fucking hysterical in the best and worst ways possible. So I'm going to do that. Tuesday again, we're doing anime talk. It's a Taco Tuesday. So will there be time to even watch The Witcher? I don't even know. Because again, I'm going camping. I may download it and have it there in case, you know, because you... Things do wind down pretty quickly when you're camping. So I, I may watch it then, but I don't want to. I really don't want to. I don't want to get mad while I'm, you know, out there camping, but I'll think about it. Anyway, that's it for today. That's it for today. As always, comments, questions, or suggestions, you can find me at DarioSDW and at SuperDarioWorld. Like this video, share this video, su subscribe to this channel. It really helps me out. Let me know. What, what things would you do different for underrated gems? I know it's really weird to do it this way. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the YouTube rules. And uh, I'm still trying to figure out a way. This time the stream did not get taken down. So it's getting better immediately, automatically. So that's good. Uh, let me know what changes you, you'd, uh, you'd appreciate. Because I'm still not, I'm not 100% happy with how this is working yet. We can still tweak it up from here and there. Let me know. But that's it. That's it. It's, it's too hot here. I need a break. As always, thank you for joining me, and I'll see you again next time.